When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody! Ooh, the Jest man. This is the new guy, the Jester. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hey, how's it going? That's Kevin. What's up, y'all? Our guest today, or I guess tonight or this morning, depending on when you're listening, is Averman himself. He is actor, musician extraordinaire, Matt Doherty. Matt, thanks for coming on. Oh man, my pleasure, my pleasure. Geez, that was a pretty good impression of me, by the way. I, uh, I should, I should hire you to be my <laughs> surrogate once in a while. That's sir. That, that was that was one of his best intros by far. I practiced yeah. that. I'm not gonna lie. I practiced you're like, that. You're like, you're like, uh, you're like one take Mike. There you go. <laughs> that's that's what they used to call me back in the day. You're, I like, you're like, I mean, Frank Sinatra, you know, was known for being a one take guy. You know, and yeah. Probably just because he could stand for much longer, but like, uh, that was that was a, that was a solid that was a solid version of me. So yeah, I, I'm very impressed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I think that's the only time I've ever been compared to Frank Sinatra. Also, the only time he's been mentioned yeah. on this show, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. well, yeah. So, I mean, Matt, yeah, well, what's... Uh... It's all blue eyes. It doesn't register on the radio. So you can just, you just have the blue eyes because then we'll see it. I do have blue eyes, yes. So. <laughs> yeah, well, then you got that going for you, man. You got that going for you. Go on. Well, yeah, I, I interrupt. I should never interrupt on the radio, even though we're really not on a radio. We're yeah, we're on a podcast. We're a bunch of zeros and ones right now. So. Yeah, you can you can interrupt as much as you want. So, I mean, just what are you uh, what are you working on? What are you up to? Uh, so that's a broad sweeping question. Uh, I try to. What am I up to? Uh, well, I spend a lot of my time, you know, uh, writing, um, actively writing projects that are always, you know, you, you know, you just kind of. Succession. You, you you just kind of throw the line out there, and you let you know let it be read, and you get dressed up for the prom, and sometimes you get invited to the prom, and sometimes you dance, and sometimes you just get dressed up for the prom, and, and no one calls you, and you're just kind of left in this dress that's really uncomfortable, <laughs> and, uh, and that's just kind of a, that's kind of Hollywood in a nutshell. And then sometimes you get taken to the prom, and then you lose your date. It's always a very silent thing, you know. And then because your date really goes for the football. Uh, king or, or powder puff queen and you're just kind of left there with the punch bowl so and sometimes you actually you know go all the way and get to dance some cool things so <laughs> that's the world of, of, of development <laughs> i feel like you need to write a team yeah. comedy right now yeah okay that was com- I, I mean, yeah uh, how about a team vampire comedy set on mars does that work yeah I sure uh, I, so- got, I got one in my trunk so, <laughs> yeah, no it's just I, I i spent a lot of time writing i i write Sometimes with other people, I write for the stage. I, um, you know, I write some TV, I write some film, and you know, you shovel it out there, and you let people read it, and then you know, I go out and look for work as an actor. Occasionally, they call my name, and you know, and I feed myself. I clothe my bone to dress myself, and uh, um, and uh, I try to uh, get my car washed every once in a while. <laughs> and what am I working on? Uh, I'm working on like learning, you know, uh, learning how to spell the alphabet backwards. So, yeah. Uh, Kevin here. Uh, have you taken a shot at writing a script for D4 by chance? Uh, 
I have not. Uh, however, I do have some of the inside scoop on the details of that, but I, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Um, uh, yeah, no, I do know that that's definitely, there are definitely, you know, people are working on that. Um, there was a, you know, there's definitely a lot of talk about, no more than talk, actually. There's actually been work, you know, getting, getting a whole bunch of different groups and studios and people all together to look at, like, who owns the, you know, and to make the new deal. It's just, just a lot in that business, so... This is one of those. This is one of those times I'm, I wish we had like a breaking news, you yeah. know, alert. Yeah, that was good. I mean, you know, it's it's there, you know, there's a lot to talk about, and a little more than talk. People are actively working on it, and, but you know, those kind of things they take uh, they take time, and people all working together, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's definitely there's a lot of push to to get it done. I think it needs but to be. I, um, but I have no idea about like how or where or when, or you know all that stuff. I think it needs to be uh, rated R for D four. Really, just kind of go off the deep end. I think they were actually going to go for the NC thirteen. Oh, all right, <laughs> limited yeah. release. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there was something about like really sharp skates. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the deal. But uh, um, I mean, and the thing about. The ducks that I think is really special, um, all kidding aside, is that, and I've witnessed it firsthand in my own life, you know, that like, I can't tell you how many times I'll meet people my own age or, or even older or early here and, and they still watch the movie and now they have kids and their kids are watching the movie and it's like this, it's like, I, uh, I mean, Sean and I, we actually, we were, we got invited to do, you know, some event for the ducks and we were, we were shocked that like, um, it was back east. How many kids? They were 12, 15, 16 years old that were fans. And I remember being out here, uh, um, and I met these kids and these parents that were going to a Mighty Duck game. And we just were striking up conversation on the street. And they kind of had no idea where, where I was. And, and I just said, uh, and I said to them, I said, uh, is y'all going to a hockey game today? And it's like, yeah, yeah, we're going. And then they were like, they were from the Midwest and they were like big Mighty Duck fans. And these kids were, they were like nine and seven. You know, just little, and and they were huge fans of the movie. And then the parents asked, "Are you a duck fan?" And I go, I kind of look at them and I go, "Yeah, yes, I am." They're like, "Really? <laughs> Who's your fan?" And I go, "Like, are you from here?" I said, "Well, no, I am because like I was one, you know." <laughs> and I just made their day, and I realized they're like, "There's a whole other generation of kids that just they you know, like the movie." So I don't know many movies that. You know, I've been working for a long time, and I don't know many projects that have that kind of staying power. They have the staying power of like a, they're kind of tantric, you know, they kind of keep going. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that for some reason, those, uh, yeah, they got all the right elements. Yeah, you and, were, uh, you guys, you know. Yeah, so you were in, uh, you were in South of Sunset, which is on, on Vimeo. It's kind of a, episode one oh, is on yeah. Vimeo, and, you you actually oh, talk yeah. about being in the Mighty Ducks. That's right. Yeah. In that, well, it was a kind of a side project, joke project that I do, and because I, uh, you know, contrary to popular opinion, it's not all uh, not always working. So, and you know, and and when I grew up in the industry, I was you know blessed with uh, a great success for a long period of time. You know, and then uh, you know, if you got to supplement your income. Sometimes the better jobs, and I've had every job you can think of. And so yeah, I was driving for 
Lyft and, and, and Uber and timesharing, you know, <laughs> and uh, they call it ride sharing. And I just, uh, I was sharing with a friend about being, it was, I, it was a filmmaker, about a particular night when I was driving and just telling stories of, because it's a great job for writers because you meet all these great people and find out like Larry David drove a cab before he got the job and started it live. And <laughs> just, it's a fantastic job, you know. And, and then he's like, dude, let's make a, let's make a project about it. And, uh, and so I just called in all our, our friends who were great actors and, and we just started playing. And then the next thing we knew, we had something that was, uh, kind of fun and, you know, and people tend to be liking it and we're, you know, trying to see if somebody wants to get behind, you know, the actual production of it on a long-term goal, you know, maybe do like 10, 20 episodes and kind of like, uh, um, keep it going and, and let people have some fun playing. Yeah, you know? that's the main point. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Like it was, it didn't like try too hard and didn't try to. There wasn't like aliens or things like that. It was just, it was just quick. It was, it was, it, but it, there was a story behind it. So, uh, enjoyed that. You're you're also a musician here. SoundCloud.com oh. slash Matt Doherty. Very like soulful oh, yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play I play tunes. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm another actor turned musician, except I actually know how to play. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I love making music. Yeah. I've been I played in bluegrass bands and I played in rock and roll bands and I've played on my own and those are just some recordings I did to keep myself busy for a while. What do they call it? Like a song a day project for a while. I was learning to record. And so just SoundCloud's great because you just you know you, you let stuff be heard. And so if there's people who are artists or whatnot, just let your stuff be seen, let it be heard. You know, give yourself a deadline, you know, release it. There's so many free pages out there that you can like give yourself a deadline. Because when you're when you're doing creative work, it's hard when no one's hired and you wanna you wanna like stay sharp. Mm-hmm. So you just just give yourself a deadline. Make a website, put your thing <laughs> up and just shovel it. And don't worry about the you know, a lot of creative people are very judgmental. And so it's like, you know, just release it. Let it be, let it, you know, put it out there. You never know, and it's just, it's actually gratifying. So that's my little plug for if you're creative and you're listening, like, go do that. That's inspiring. You're, you're already our most inspiring guest. Oh, well, because I'm, I'm relatively sober. And, <laughs> <laughs> and not a menace to society. And, you know, yeah. They have uh, a gainfully employed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't dropped, I haven't dropped too many f bombs. Uh, you know, yeah, totally. Keep the bar really low here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's working. You're a busy guy. You got all those. You're you're Ganymede Pan as well. A kind of a sci-fi series. How did you get kind of involved in that? Um. Well, that's that was a fun. Again, I just you know I just said yes to some friends that I've been around. You know, I'm a member of the Actors Studio, which is. I have started playing like a little very elitist group of, uh, of like asshole actors, which is drama one of them. So I can totally admit the action studio was like started by Lee Strasberg, you know, Marlon Brando and all Paul Newman and all these things. I mean, you name it. Like even Gene Wilder is a member and, and lucky well, never think he was a member of the studio, but, and it was just, um, it's a really, it's kind of like a hard to get in and it's free for life and it's a place to work out and stay sharp when you're in between jobs. It was kind of started because our, our work is you never know when you're going to work, right? Mm-hmm. And so an actor needs to keep acting or, you know, you can kind of lose your, you just got to, 
you want to be around your peers. And so the Actors Studio is one of these places, and and uh, and it's like uh, it's really hard to get in the industry for life. And I meet a lot of different you know friends, and there was a guy on there named Alan. And Alan Levy is, you know, he's directed hundreds and hundreds of hours of TV, and he's kind of been a mentor, a friend of mine, as a writer and a, and a young director. And uh, and him and his uh, partner Dave, Dave Johnson, and, and you know, they were wanting to do this kids show, and about like kind of mixed kids science fiction. And I just said, yeah, it was like they were putting together a pilot, and uh, it just looked like too ridiculous and fun to avoid, you know, the idea of building a spaceship and flying it sounded too fun to, <laughs> to pass up by. <laughs> so I, you know, Alan he was like, hey, come on, do this. And then, so I said, yeah. So, and uh, I think it's fun because it's, you know, it's for kids and, and it's, uh, they put a lot of work into it. And Alan is like a little 12 year old, even though, you know, he, and he actually, I think he directed the original Battlestar Galactica. Uh, so he's like a he's been around he's invented cameras he's like this weird you know he's like he literally invented cameras he's one of these old time filmmaker guys who can take apart a camera like a rifleman takes <laughs> apart a rifle with a blindfold mm-hmm. and so it was really fun to be around him and hear all that and I love being around the previous you know people who've come before us and you know kept the business and, and all that experience and you know who literally can you know, take apart a camera. <laughs> it's just to me that that's impressive. Yeah. So, uh, so let's go way back here. You're from Illinois. Uh, you had, yeah, you could, yeah. yeah. So, how do you get into some small parts into home in Home Alone, a couple other films, and how do you become you know, Averman? You know, way back there. Hmm. Oh man, I, that's a, such a that's such a uh, that's an interesting question. I uh, I was nine years old and uh, uh, I always thought Michael J. Fox on, on um, Family Ties at the time he was one of my heroes when I was a kid and just loved the kind of wanted to be him actually and uh, admired his work and even though I was a little kid I just was like maybe because he had that hot girlfriend on Family Ties that he ended up marrying maybe that was it but anyways um, he uh he would read the paper and the character in the show, so I just would read the paper. And I'm nine, and I'm reading the paper, and I pretend to read the business section, just like because his character did that. He doesn't know any of that stuff meant. And then I, um, there was an article in the, in the, the kind of entertainment column in the main section of the Chicago Tribune, and it was, uh, uh, I don't know where you get these thoughts. I just, you know, I, I, I kind of believe that, like, my own manager was been a manager of mine for years and years and she likes to put it she pitched me some time just i just love her and, and she said matt the industry chose matt you know some people choose it but she goes this chose matt <laughs> and uh and i remember hearing that i was like i never thought about it like that because here i am nine years old and I, I'm, I'm literally looking in the paper and i see a thing for audition for some redheads and i used to have really red hair and freckles and you know and back in the 80s and 90s in chicago that was the thing to have because that's when all the commercials were being made and that looked all American. I had the freckles and the red hair. I mean, and they used to call them bite and smile kids. A bite and smile means you took a bite out of the bowl of cereal and then you smiled. <laughs> now, I don't know I have these natural gifts. In baseball, it's like, in baseball terms, it's like knowing how to hit the ball over the fence just naturally. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it means to have red hair and freckles and be from Chicago and night games. 
So I see the ad in, in the paper, and I go, uh, it's for this Redheads, you know, downtown audition for a movie with Gary Marshall. And I didn't know what Gary Marshall was, but I later found out that he was the guy who did Happy Days. And, you know, he's one of the best TV and film directors of all time. And his sister, Penny Marshall, the two of them are like king and queen of comedy, you know? And uh, so I go to my mom and I say, let's do this. No one, never always thinks, oh, did your parents force you? They're not even forced me into it. I, uh, um, I brought it to them. Now, I don't know where that thought came from. <laughs> I think I'd done like one school play, maybe two. Um, I played Sherlock Holmes in the Hounds of the Basketball, where I had, you know, you, you take one baseball hat and face it four, and you take another baseball hat and face it backwards, and you're Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, and I enjoyed it. I don't know where that came from, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I told my mom, I said, hey, let's go to this thing. <laughs> I'm nine, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just freaky. And uh, she's like, I think the only real was, reason was, she's like, she called up her best friend, Belinda Everett, who I don't just name drop my mom's best friend over the radio here. And they were like, we lived in the suburbs of, the suburbs of Chicago, and to go into the city around Christmas time, and go to the water tower place, which is like the mall. I don't know what the mall is down there in Dallas, but that was like the place for people to go shop. So they were like, okay, let's take Matt and then his, her daughter, Angie, and we'll go down to this audition. It'll we'll be there for an hour, and then they can shop at the water tower place all day long. And so, uh, but little do they know that <laughs> we show up, and we're at this hotel, and it's at like the Drake Hotel in downtown in Chicago, and, and we stay all day long, and like into the night, and like, and they, you know, waiting and waiting. And I remember we could have left. And they just, there were so many people. And we didn't leave. My mom never left. And then somehow, they, so if I, if we would have just left, enough, none of this shit would have happened. <laughs> but we stayed. And then all of a sudden, my name gets called. They, like, do a little, like, walk down. It was like you're in, like, a some awful concentration camp line where they go, you stay, you go, you stay, you go, you stay, you go. It was like Sophie's Choice. And I know it's an awful Holocaust joke, but we're going to tell it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I somehow, I, uh, I somehow got, you know, picked to stay. And then, then it was like, oh, and we had eaten and they wanted to go shopping. They don't go shopping. I think Angie and, you know, Miss Everett, they left or whatever. Maybe they didn't. We'll find out that out. Either way, it's a good story. So my mom, and they stay. And then we got to wait another thing and then another way. And finally, like, I get to read and they pit me and I go to another level. And it's just this all-day thing. They don't even get to go shopping. We barely get any food. And then they call us back the next day and I meet Gary Marshall. And my mom knows who Gary Marshall is. I don't know who he is. I've seen Happy Days. And, um, and he's like this real Nebuchadnezzar kind of Jewish funny guy, right? And, uh, and we're at the top floor of the hotel and he's kind of sweet. And, and uh, we wait. And uh, well, and now it's like we're amongst the, the kids who were professional actors. And we've never done any of this before, my mom and I. And, and uh, so we're up at the top floor. And and, uh, and now there's people who have, have headshots and have resumes. And we don't even have a Polaroid. You know? <laughs> And uh, they called me in, and I read for this part. It was the movie Overboard, which was this Kurt Russell, Goldie Hart fun movie. And um, I read for Gary. My mom nervous as all hell. And Gary's like, he's an old-time director. He spots his team with a kid. And he says, uh, oh, you're uh, you're nervous. And he goes, and he's just this old-school guy. He just knows how to put people at ease. 
said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I got the best, the best swimming the best swimming in baseball. And I just spit it out, right? And he goes, okay, why don't you, you do a handstand? So I do a handstand. It's like Gary Marshall. <laughs> and, and he goes, oh, you're a good gymnast. I handstand. I start laughing, and I relax, and I read, and I do the thing. And he goes, you're funny, kid. You're good. Get an agent. And I walk outside. And I told my mom, I said, Gary Marshall just said, get an agent. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, so my mom had evidently, some mother had told her the same thing. And then we, uh, we looked up the first one alphabetically in a phone book on the yellow page. And it was this place called David and Lee, which was one of the top Chicago races at the time. And then, we, uh, and, uh, we sent some Polaroid in, and I met Marcia Becker, who was my first agent, who I just love. She um, took my mom aside, and we met, and then she just loved me right away. And, and it just that door just opened, and, and Marcia was like, uh, and literally, we looked them up on the phone book and called them up alphabetically. And, uh, and she said, uh, here's my only rule when I deal with kids. And she took, she stared at my mom like hard in the eye. I didn't hear I, I knew this later and said to my mom and dad, uh, I'll represent him, but here's my one rule. And if he wants to go to baseball practice, if he wants to do something at school, if he's in band, that he goes to that and doesn't go to the fucking audition. Nice. And she was, that's my rule with kids. And so I just, again, I just lucked into the right person because there's awful stories. This business is awful. It's just awful. And, uh, yeah. So then, and then I literally booked my second audition was for the Mickey Mouse Club, which everybody was in. Justin Timberlake, yeah. uh, Britney Spears, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling acts all tough. That guy was in the fucking Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> <laughs> I got the same set of years he got, okay? Because I was down to the final line on that one. The same thing. I got, like, all the way down to the end, and I got to sing. It was this awful song. I had to sing. I was so nervous. And they were smart enough not to, to cast me. And, <laughs> and uh, but then, I mean, literally, two auditions, thousands and thousands of kids go out, and I get down to the last line. Third one was Home Alone. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm all the way down to the end. And the director, there were three of us. The director pulls us out of the room. And he says, everybody's going to get a part no matter what. You're all up for Kevin. You know, the main part. It's called Hawkin part. And there were three of us that were there. And one kid was the guy in the van and me and Kevin. And there might have been a fourth one. And the director came out, Christopher Columbus, and he said to the moms and the dads and the, the kids, and said, everybody's going to be in the movie no matter what. So nobody can get nervous. I want everybody to relax. Everybody at this point is going to be in the movie. There's too many kid roles in this thing. And so he, he kept his word. And, you know, I didn't get the part, but I got my first job. And, uh, and learned the first lesson in Hollywood. We invited the entire neighborhood, all my friends, all my parents and friends. We all went to the Cineplex Odeon Theater right where we grew up. We filled the theater. And I was totally cut out. <laughs> 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 Except for like five seconds. And then uh, the fourth audition was the was a commercial for Long John Silver's, and I booked my first commercial audition, and that's where I joined my union. And my partner in the commercial was Anna Kromsky, who's now on Veep, who was my girl, and we were best friends. I think we dated for a little bit when we were like fourteen or fifteen. Our moms were best friends, and we did like ten commercials together, and um, we were really dear friends, and. Uh, somebody walking down the street singing right now, hold on a second. 
Interesting. Because I'm, I'm not a very big dude. I mean, I was no. a little chunky then, but like, I'm I'm short as fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very tall. I'm five five if you stretch me. You know, I'm five six if you like really stretch me. And like, uh, so like somehow I'm 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 called back and going to screen testing for Fulton and and uh, we go to Minneapolis and my oldest brother John, who. Uh, uh, he paid. I remember John took me up when we flew up, and you know, uh, at this point, I'd worked a lot and done a lot of commercials, did some small parts and films, flew out to California for a commercial, and you know, started to get the whole like, wow, people are picking me up in littles, and you're, you know, you're airplane, the whole thing, and it's, oh, first class, oh wow, strawberries, cool, and uh, and so we're in Minnesota, and we meet the producer and the director and the writer. And, and I read for Fulton. I got to ask Jordan. I think I read for Fulton, but next time I see him, I'll ask him. And uh, it's hard. It's, it's kind of murky, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he called me back in to read for, yeah, I never read this part of Averman. And then I read it. And like, I don't even know if I had the material for but a few minutes. And then, then I got the part. Um, now I hear that Jake Gyllenhaal, this, is, this is, might be the only time I might have beat out Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> I think he turned it down. I think there was a story that he turned down one of the ducks parts. Yeah. And I just personally want to feel it's like mine. Great. So I'll be like, yeah. So uh and then um so yeah, then the black my ducks happened and you know, I think we all lied. I mean every one of us kinda lied and said we know how to play hockey individually. <laughs> But they outsmarted us and knew we were all lying and had already booked hockey training. <laughs> so we really didn't, they kind of knew we were lying. And then, and then we got to do the hockey camp and it was great. And then my dad was with me, which was being 15 and with your father checking your algebra homework. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> God bless him, man. We were, I was 15. I was on a, my first major motion picture set and, and I was like, I almost, I could have flunked out of high school that year. You know, my dad just was like, and I was like, I think I was a little big for my britches. And, and my dad would be like, no, you're going home to do my algebra homework, you know? <laughs> and, uh, oh, God, I hated him for that, you know? <laughs> and uh, I was on an allowance, dude. I, my dad would give me, like, because you get per diem when you're on sets, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we get, I think you get like 50 or 60 bucks a day or something. And then maybe it's less because it was Minnesota. So it's the Midwest, so it's cheaper, you know? It's not like LA. Mm-hmm. And then my dad would give me like five bucks a day, and I'd put it in the drawer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had no sense. And then the money just went into a savings account and all that shit. And then, <laughs> and, then and then my dad, you know, I, my dad was really really responsible for because that first year in high school, I mean, it's difficult for anybody, especially if you're like 15 and you still look 12, and you're not going through puberty till you're 17. And <laughs> regardless of being a movie star, that's already hard enough just to get through school and shit. And then, uh, yeah, so then we did the first one and and then um, no one knew there was going to be a second one, even though we all signed a contract. 
that you know there's like a three picture deal thing and but no one ever thought that and then i remember my mom and dad woke me up one morning on a saturday and it was on the news that they'd bought a hockey team and that was like holy crap and then we all kind of were like i guess there's gonna be a second move <laughs> and uh and then then yeah i got um sorry next murderer from that and then did the third one and and then you know my dad and mom like to say that the proudest moment was when i uh I paid cash to go to one of the, you know, to a school called Northwestern on the south on the north side of Chicago, and being you know, a south side kid and coming from the south suburbs, and you know, not really born into Hollywood or anything like that, and you know, you know, middle class family. We paid cash to one of the more expensive schools in the country. Nice. So I remember that moment where my mom and dad would describe it. They were the first day at Northwestern where they separate the people who were on financial aid and people who weren't and they were like rich people who were on financial aid like really rich people and they were still on financial aid and my mom and dad and my dad told me the story that and I wasn't there it was just for the parents and like they had to separate the orientation and then they were like okay everybody with financial aid leave and anybody who isn't you know stay and my mom and dad my dad tells the story where he was like they just sat and they didn't have to like and it was like my dad says that was his happiest moment <laughs> you know they're like you know, so a lot of, like, going back to the first thought, Suzanne's right. The industry chose me, and I got a whole bunch of wonderful gifts for including paying, you know, for my university. Nice, nice. So, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, I mean, kind of like your your character in the Ducks. He kind of had these iconic eyeglasses, the big round glasses. Did you need those glasses, or were they, like, props? I do wear glasses. But they were props. Okay. Because I was going through that point where I was like 15. I was like, I was rebelling and thought I didn't need my glasses, which ended up fucking me up. So when I was in my 20s, I really needed my glasses. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, they were fake props, even though I really needed glasses. So, okay. Yeah. And I still have them. I actually still have two sets of mine from, from the, from the, uh, from the, uh, from, from the Mighty Ducks 1 and I think the one from Mighty Ducks 2. I keep them now. There were several pairs, but I have I have two. Will you uh, bust them out and you know just kind of walk down the streets and see who recognizes you? Uh, mm, well, I wore glasses, period, but they're like Rayman, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I get you know, it's crazy how much you get recognized. Though it's like, like I said, it's like, well, what's funny is people will look at you and they'll kind of go, they think they know you, and like, hey, what's up, dude? And like, I don't know this person, then you realize <laughs> that maybe they've just seen you on TV. You know, <laughs> it's kind of strange. Yeah, and usually it's like the it's like I know you from somewhere, and like you know, I used to when I was you know, and I'll be like yeah, and then decide if you're gonna like play along or not. But it's uh, I do get recognized sometimes still, but it's like whatever. It means a lot to some people, so I'll play along. <laughs> do you ever get asked to do any of your bits? You know, the hum gully gully uh, or anything like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten asked that. I mean, if it's like uh, it depends on the situation, but. You don't ask like a doctor when you fucking don't say, hey, you're a doctor, right? Hey, take the scalpel out. Take it. Pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come help me, man. Yeah. I mean, how much of that uh, was the character versus your kind of personality? Oh, I don't know. I feel probably a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think any, any actor, you know, you learn a little bit from the character play, but I mean, I was 15. I didn't know what I was doing yet. <laughs> um, 
I uh, I just enjoyed, you know, making people laugh. So I'd say it's probably a mix. And then I think when the writer kind of wrote in there, when he started to learn everybody, the people that were cast, and maybe catered a little bit toward everybody's strengths, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, just what was it like to be on set with, like, 13 teenagers just running around and just kind of from all different backgrounds? Oh, what was it like for their teeth? How do you say it, dude? <laughs> <laughs> we had a blast. The rest of the world hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all grew up together, man. I mean, like, and, it, and we're talking like, when we were teenagers, I was one of the older guys. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still look 12. I mean, I, I wore a beard and probably because I look 12. But, like, I mean, like, it's uh, so it was a wild age. And we were probably from, like, 9 to 15, 10 to 15. And, uh, um, I mean, yeah, we were crazy, man. We were, we were everything you would imagine a bunch of adolescent kids to be, uh, within reason. And God bless Erica Spano, who's now like, she's like a producer, but she was, uh, she was our wrangler and she would look after us. And she was our wrangler on all, was it all three? And, uh, like an older sister. And, uh, she was like the PA. And she would get, she really earned her way to the DGA. I'll just say that. <laughs> the director's guilt. Because she'd like, man, she was, uh, she would look after us and kind of, the hardest part was like, it's like herding cats. I mean, getting actors to do anything is difficult, but like getting teenage actors just all in the same room together when like, you know, somebody's at the craft service table, somebody's playing a video game, you know, it's like, you know, somebody's flirting with like some woman three times their age. You know? <laughs> you know? Who was doing the most like, flirting? Uh, who's doing the most flirting? Um, that's a good question. See you. I will refuse comment on that one. This <laughs> 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 present company is not in. in the, I mean, we would we I, yeah we, we were all a little guilty of that I guess yeah it, yeah. But uh, we'll leave that one off the off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So I mean, how was we talked to Sean a little bit and he talked about how his mom was uh kind of like the protector. How was your mom and your parents just kinda on set and all that? Uh I well, um well my dad during the first one was like the only dude. You know, my mom um uh, it was like the one and only time my dad went with me on things. And, one, and my brother went, I we were really troubled when my brother was my guardian. Okay. <laughs> <In> like 20. <laughs> but, uh, but like, uh, yeah, my dad was with me on the first one. And I think the funny thing about that was like, they were all these moms. And then there was my dad. And I, and like, I think Josh had his uncle with him. Yeah. So there were like these two guys and then all these like mom women. And and dad was like the rooster of the of the hen house. And like uh and my dad is I have my my father's sense of fashion, which is generally wear something until you can't wear it anymore. But I think my favorite story about my dad was we were on a duck bus, which is what we called the little mini bus that would move us to and from, you know, when we were staying the set or whatever. And there was this guy Mike who was a teamster and he was awesome, he was a very funny guy. He's a, a long time teacher. He was our bus driver. And Mike and my dad was with the same. And I remember that my dad was trying to get some tea. He was on the duck bus taking a nap or something. <laughs> and the cops 
the cops knocked on the door. We're like, they thought he was like this homeless group. <laughs> he had shitty shoes on. He had, Cause he had like these awful shoes on. Cause my, I'm, I'm looking at my own shoes right now. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, awful, like shitty old shoes. <laughs> I was accused of being a homeless guy in the dust bus. This is my favorite story for that. And he had to explain to them that no, he was the, you know, the, the dad of one of the thing, you know. <laughs> Them. So, um, but yeah, they were, uh, we have so many great stories and all those moms, I ran into Marguerite's mom who played Connie and she's, you know, she's on that Netflix show right now. Is she on, um, what hot American summer? What hot American summer. And she just had a baby and Margaret and her husband, Chris, are good friends of mine. And, and they were actually in South Ascension. They kind of did a favor and, and played with us for a couple hours. And, and uh, uh, I just saw Marguerite's mom and I hadn't seen it in a long time. And, it was like another, it was like seeing family, you know? Mm-hmm. And, because uh, when you really grow up and spend that kind of time and go through a ridiculous experience, when I run into Eldon a lot, we, we we'll go out when, when uh, he wasn't on Daredevil, we were both looking for jobs. We, we had team auditions and we just share stories. It's like seeing family, you know? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know, running into Mike V car and, you know, and then, like, he's a fireman, and not only he's, like, a fireman, he's, like, literally a fire captain now of, like, all wow. engine. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's this story out here that the original Adam Banks was was kind of removed because of his, like, crazy mom. And there's there's some controversy as whether that was the case or not. What uh, what do you remember about the original Adam Banks and his mom? Uh, I remember the original Adam... Um, being, uh... <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> Being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I remember, like, I don't know about his mom. I mean, that was so early on. Like, I was like, holy shit, they're paying us to play hockey? <laughs> I don't have to be in school? I mean, it was like, and we'd just be falling on our heads because none of us know how to do it. But I think the original Banks was, like, the only kid who knew how to play ice hockey. And he kind of would, like, be a little, like, I don't know, maybe a little bully on the ice. You know, maybe he was a little, uh, maybe he was uh, just better. And maybe it just was an imbalance between, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that. And, like, he was, like, far superior. Like, far superior. And um, so, yeah. And then Vinny came in and, you know, God, Vinny, Vinny's awesome. I love Vinny. I just saw him a little while ago. So okay, going back to the the uh, the skills as a hockey player. I had to listen to this thing because whoever is, I don't even remember his name. And he's like, oh, he stole the grudge, and if he hunts me down and like whacks me, I'm gonna hunt you guys down in Dallas. That's fine. Where 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 would you rank yourself on the Ducks as a hockey player? I believe we've ranked you pretty high on our list, but where would you put yourself as far as skills go? You mean in terms of reality or my character? Uh, maybe both. <laughs> uh, well, I was captain of my high school team, and oh. uh, I was gonna play college hockey. I think somebody else played college. Garrett, who played college hockey? Oh, there were two of us that did. I want to say Garrett did. Mm-hmm. No, not Garrett. Jermaine, was, um, if you don't recognize him. Yeah, and like um, Vinny. 
then he played hockey for a little while too. Uh, somebody else that I want to know. I forget who else. Um, Josh still plays. Um, uh, but I was I had a hockey scholarship to Western Michigan, like a partial one that I kind of turned down. So I, I I'd never really been good at a sport ever in my life. I always wanted to be good at one, and I through pure tenacity and like just not giving up, I kind of got. I got pretty good, and we had some awesome trainers. Man. We had the best. We had guys who were on Olympic teams, and and then people like all these out of work actors would come who were all friends with Steve Brill that are now like huge. We all come and because it was free ice time, you know. Man, like that's the mm-hmm. thing when there's free ice time, people want to come and play. So like you know, we skated with MacGyver and you know Peter Berg and and uh, all these like. Um, Guys that were literally Olympians. We held an Olympic 1980 gold medal in our hands. You know, <laughs> I got to skate with a guy who was the fastest player in the world. You know, <laughs> um, we were trained by the best. So, um, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved. I love everything about hockey. Um, in terms of my abilities, my as a character, I'm probably not. I'm middle at best. I'm on. <laughs> I'm on the second. I'm on the second line, maybe. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's and, but I in reality I'm probably on the first line. Nice, that's really what matters. The reality. So Matt, we do this thing called the Quack Question, where people tweet us their questions, and uh, we try to answer them. So Kevin, uh, we a- we asked for Quack questions relating to you. So Kevin's got one for you. All right, uh, this one comes from uh, Quackalite Bob George. Uh, his Twitter handle is Antsman41. Uh, he asks, uh, what did you enjoy most out of filming in the Minneapolis-St. Paul region? Oh, wow. Um, being away from school. I don't know. <laughs> uh, being, getting to miss my freshman year, which is the awful time in the world. Right? I mean, <laughs> you guys remember what it was like to be 15. I mean, you guys are running yeah. A thing about the Mighty Ducks. So I'm gonna imagine you were awful dorks when you're 15. So <laughs> <laughs> you're on the fringe of society at best. Okay, so you are my like there was the cool there was the cool kid table and there was like the kind of cool. You were like way off to the side, right? <laughs> yeah, we were where in the I other room. Where, that's where I would sit, except the fact that I was like on movies, but I'm still sitting at a table. And like, I mean, I got to miss being a freshman. Who looked nine <laughs> <laughs> at a school that was like two thousand people big, and then just show up at the end of the school year and like, have, and you know, have my homework faxed in. I mean, come on, and then come back and and uh, just do a school play. You know? um, I'd say, and that, and then being in Minneapolis would also just be being up there with my dad and just my dad and I. And, uh, that was awesome. And then part three, playing hockey in the hallways at night with Sean. We would play hockey in the hallway. <laughs> up the hallway. <laughs> and, like, there were marks all over the place. We would, like, tackle each other. And, and like, and, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, um, yeah, I'd say that kind of stuff. Um, going uh yeah it's funny that you remember i'd say that kind of stuff yeah all right fair enough real quick one last question here in the first movie when bobby comes up he he mentions your name 
as Dave Averman, and then and then later on you're Les Averman. Did you ever ask about that? Yeah, I know. That's 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 a good catch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think that really was? I, I wonder if that's to do with clearance, because you know, like every studio when you make a movie and like like I'm writing scripts, right? So I have these names of characters and somebody buys the script. They got to run all the names by, and sometimes there's there's like a whole legal department that has to make sure that there's like someone's going to sue somebody or whatever the name is. <laughs> there's like a whole thing to it. And I don't know because I'm not a lawyer and I'm really glad I'm not because I just would never want to be one. But like, I, I would suspect that it has something to do with clearance. So somewhere okay. there's a Dave Averman who was like, that's not me, I'm a better fucking hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Matt, we have we're running out of time, but we I'm sure we have we have a bunch of more questions. So we might have we'll probably have you on again. And oh, man, uh fun as shit, yeah, of course, dude. All right, yeah, awesome, you, awesome. You, so y'all y'all seem fun. I don't normally talk about this shit, but whatever. As long as you're so it's a lot of fun to do. Well we're we're fellow, you know, outside the, the room table people, so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we understand each other. So uh Yeah. Yeah, check out check out everything Matt's doing. Uh South of Sunset, SoundCloud.com slash Matt Doherty for his music, Ganymede Pond, or Pan. For us, TheQuakeTech.com, at QuakeTechPod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash QuakeTechPod, and then go to iTunes, go to the Quake Tech Pod, give us a five-star rating, because this is a five-star show, as usual, really. And, uh, and, and like, write a review that tells us the, your favorite thing about Matt Doherty's appearance on. And, uh... Remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack. Quack, quack.